there, everyone. Welcome to the Voice of My Beloved podcast with Brayden and Tally Waller. <laughs> uh, today, we get to dive into an exciting topic of the wedding. We've been talking about betrothal this, uh, this season of preparation and all that goes into it, the spiritual significance of things, and then it leads up to the wedding. And so today, we're going to talk about the wedding. The grand climax. The grand climax. We're going to talk about the wedding. We're going to talk about our wedding. And so uh, just as a, before we get into things, I, um, I just want to say that in our talking about our wedding, we're not saying it with the intent of, of things just went so great for us. And mm-hmm. if only you all had such an experience as we did. So I, we don't want, we, I just want to you know, cut that off right there, especially for, um, you know, single people that are listening that are like, Oh, listening to how wonderful it went. I I never got to do that. And this is supposed to be an encouragement. Okay. That's right. And so what we want to do is we want to get excited about the wedding to come and the exciting parts of our wedding were all symbolic of the wedding that is to come and it's going to be exciting. Okay. There's one thing about God. There's, well, there's a lot of things about God, but there's one thing he's not boring. He's very exciting. And so, um, and so as we embraced a lot of this symbolism and things in the Bible, uh, we got an exciting wedding. So it was fun, but, uh, but we're not downplaying any other version of wedding. Which is important to have this mindset because if we don't realize the importance of the wedding to Yeshua, then we can, we can get a little bit off track because we can think, well, what if he comes before I actually get married? You know? Yeah. You know, and so we actually want to be more excited about the marriage supper of the lamb than we do about any human wedding. These human weddings are meant to be little pictures, little reminders to us of what is yet to come. But, uh, you know, as Yeshua said in, in heaven, you know, as far as human marriage goes, he said, there's neither marriage nor giving in marriage. Mm -hmm. And so, but we know heaven's going to be super exciting. Yeah. And so, so we, we want to encourage, you know, all those out there is you're hearing us tell this story, realizing that this picture is meant to point us to the coming glory. Yes. And this is what we want to set our hearts on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but before we jump into all this, we're going to just touch on the um, internship program that's going to be coming up this winter uh, and just give a little encouragement about it. Yes, if you know young people out there that are interested in getting together with others, I love in Timothy, it says, calling out to the Lord with those uh, that are looking for him, something along these lines, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but calling out to the Lord with those of pure heart, together with those of the pure heart. Uh-huh. And so just that whole idea of gathering together with others is such a strengthening thing to do to seek God with others that are seeking him. Mm-hmm. And so I want to encourage you, if you're a young man, a young woman out there, the young women's internship will be February. The young guys will be March. And so just, yeah, we're going to be digging into the word, memorizing the word, really seeking to grow in our relationship with him. And as we're going to be getting into in this whole picture of marriage, growing in intimacy with the Lord, growing in intimacy with Yeshua, this is going to be such a safe place for us as we go into these trying times. We, we have reason to believe we're in the end times. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a time when there's going to be increased lawlessness in the earth. Mm-hmm. But we want to be those that are saying yes to God, saying yes to his word. And so if you want to come and get strengthened in that of just being found ready, we want to you know encourage people to be found ready when the Lord comes and not distracted by all the 
You know, we, mm-hmm. we just read Paul Bunyan's uh, Pilgrim's Progress, and yeah. this world is becoming almost like this global Vanity Fair in a way. You know, it's like <laughs> yeah. there's so much distraction out there. If you're not familiar with the story of Pilgrim's Progress, he he and uh, uh, the Christian, the main character in the in the story, goes through Vanity Fair with a character named Faithful, and uh, there's just they have every pleasure imaginable to man. All these rides and just a whole carnival atmosphere, uh, but it turns out that you know this is a big distraction, right. you know? So, so we want to, you know, this is a place back here in Missouri woods. You can come get kind of disconnected from a lot of distractions out there, get distracted, Very you know, disconnected. <laughs> get disconnected <laughs> from a vanity fair a little bit and, uh, and really focus in on what matters, you know, from an eternal perspective. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, it's good. We're not that disconnected. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're just off the beaten path out We're here. Off the so beaten path. Yeah. yeah. Great. It's really nice out here. Come <laughs> visit us. <laughs> All right, so uh, we'll dive into uh, the story of our wedding now. Uh, So, yeah, so during this betrothal season, uh, we are talking about uh, just what is this wedding going to look like? And, you know, uh, if you know Brayden's family, uh, if you've known them long enough, they love... um, out of the box thinking they love, you know, just pioneering. We like pioneering. pioneering. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Which, which I love it's as just well. Fun, so. you know. <laughs> yeah. Why do anything normal? <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's just not nearly as fun. And so, uh, so when we started talking about, you know, the whole betrothal thing and then we start planning our wedding, we're like, okay, well, what's the wedding going to look like? And so, you know, we start looking to the Bible and, you know, there are quite a few mentions of weddings in the Bible. And particularly in the New Testament, Yeshua actually refers to weddings quite a bit. Uh, there's a lot of parables and stuff. So we started looking at all of the references to the wedding and we decided we just wanted to go for it and do as much of this whole biblical picture thing as we could. And so, and then, you know, sure enough, looking into traditional, you know, ancient Jewish weddings from 2000 years ago, this is the way it looked. Not exactly the way we did it, but um, some version of it. It didn't look a whole lot like your normal wedding ceremony that you have today. Yeah. Um, I just want to jump in there too and say, the way I was raised, mom and dad, we talked a lot, you know, about growing up about the whole picture of, you know, how we wanted things to work. We weren't going to go with the dating model. You know, this is a this conversation that dad would have with us guys growing up. But I just want to say that a lot of the ideas that came out with the whole betrothal and wedding, there were ideas as we're reading the Bible that kind of happened upon, you know, mm-hmm. I had one friend that had done a betrothal, but we just noticed this word, you know, that popped out in the Bible. And so we thought, well, let's look into this. What did this look like? Mary and Joseph got betrothed. And so we just, it was, it was related to the word, you know, just being in the word and, and seeking God on what is this supposed to look like? And so we were kind of like an open canvas. Let's let the word of God kind of write in what this could look like. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of creativity that can go into each person's story. But as yeah. we get into this, it's just, this is just kind of how we painted it in the picture. You know, you have a, a grid that you're working with, you have uh-huh. a framework, but then how you paint it in is kind of, it, it, there's a lot of, you know, personal taste and, you know, how you can work with that frame. Right. And uh, just on a note, on that note of the Bible, I just want to tag in for the internship once. Uh, there's some verses here I just have about the importance of the word. It says, I have written to you, First John 2.14, I have written to you young men because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the wicked one. So just, you know, that what we do, the way we live needs to be rooted in the word of God. And I want to, again, encourage young people out there. If you want to overcome the wicked one, you need to have the word of God abiding in you. This is a two-edged sword, how you're going to defeat the enemy. 
Psalm 119.9, this is a verse you're probably familiar with. How can a young man cleanse his way but by taking heed to your word? I believe this applies to young women as well. You know, it's also mm-hmm. the first John verse. You know, you're going to overcome the wicked one by having the word of God in you. Mm-hmm. And so, and this is going to cleanse us. The word of God is a cleansing thing. How can a young person cleanse their way by taking heed according to the word of God? Mm-hmm. And so this is so key that we get the word inside of us, that we walk it out. And so that's what we want to yeah. be an encouragement in. Yeah, we want the Bible to be where everything branches out from in our life. And I think a lot of times uh, the perspective can be, well, I have to live a normal life here. How much can I incorporate the Bible into my normal life and still be normal, kind of? <laughs> you know, like, how can I make the Bible more normal? And um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm not saying go crazy. And, you know, <laughs> I think there's a balance to all of that, you know, uh, as far as... Uh, how that works in everyone's life, but you mean I, I shouldn't start wearing a tunic or anything. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's exactly <laughs> right. I love talking about modesty, and this these kind of conversations happen a lot. And I'm just like, hey, listen, <laughs> you know, should our guys all be walking around in dresses? I don't know, <laughs> like the the tunics. Uh, so yeah, so the, you know, there's there is a cultural boundary that we yeah. can <laughs> we can work with. I've seen those guys <laughs> yeah. walking around the tunics, and I don't. Yeah, there's a way that it can actually look good, but <laughs> oh, I'm not I'm not going that direction yet. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we'll okay. get, you know, everybody's back in Israel, then, you know, we can maybe go back towards a biblical right. you know, address. It may, it may be kind of fun, but <laughs> not, right. we don't want to scare you too much. <laughs> as long as we're here in America, we'll just, we'll go ahead and go with yeah. what, the, what we got here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyways, that's what, you know, uh, so, so for us, looking at our wedding and stuff, we were, we're taking, you know, like brain said this clear, you know, we just wanted everything to be kind of rooted in the Bible and stuff. And so, you know, this was a learning process. Like brain said, we didn't know anyone else that had done something like this. Uh, and so, you know, we've, we've did it and we've learned and we've counseled people and things that worked and things that were, you know, we would do a little differently, uh, maybe. And so we'll jump into that. We, um, we're planning the wedding. And so we built this website that was not built a website. It was just basically information uh, uh, page that told about our wedding and the different aspects of it and how people can get ready for it. And basically this invitation went out to anyone. It was an open invitation. Uh, Anyone could come. And so the things that we included on like this information of what this wedding, this is what we came well, you, you can, you kind of came up with some of these ideas. You want to tell you how you kind of came up with them? Yeah. So some of the basic things was, uh, were that we were going to have oil lamps, uh, as part of the ceremony, just in the whole picture of the virgins, the five foolish virgins, five wise virgins. Mm-hmm. You're familiar with the story. The five wise virgins have oil in their lamps. They don't have to go away. They don't have to you know be distracted by going to get it. They're ready in the moment. Mm-hmm. So just that whole picture of we wanted our wedding to be a time where people could, you know, have a, a real life a readiness, yeah, yeah, a real life experience of, okay, we're going to have oil in our lamps so we can be burning. Yeah. And so, yeah. And this, this, that whole story is very uh, critical, I believe, because at the end, you know, the five foolish versions come back and they say, and the Lord says in this parable, he says, I, I never knew you. So I do not know you. Mm-hmm. And so we see this oil is really could be referred to as an oil of intimacy of oil of knowing the bridegroom. Mm-hmm. And so this is the oil we want to get. We want to be, you know, as a, if you've heard the song that I wrote about uh, being ready for the bridegroom in the bridge, it says, deliver me from the shame of being without oil on the day that you come to gather up the loyal. And so we want to be faithful to acquire this oil. You know, mm-hmm. they, he, they had to go buy it. 
you know, Yeshua, he talks about buying something like there's a cost to it. Mm-hmm. And even with gold, he says, I counsel to you, I counsel you to buy gold refined in the fire. And so there's things that need to be acquired. And this is the cost of discipleship. It's the cost of choosing a different path Mm -hmm. than, you know, the world is buying a lot of other things. The world, you know, you buy what's value to you, valuable to you. Mm -hmm. And so just the importance of buying this oil, having it ready so we don't have to be distracted and going, getting it at the last minute. We want to live a lifestyle of acquiring this oil, of intentionally getting filled with the word of getting filled with being in the presence of the Lord. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So this was part of it. We told everyone to bring their oil lamps uh, filled with the oil ready for when the bridegroom comes. And so, and do you want to read? Because this is the end of the parable. Yes. It's watch therefore for, you know, neither the day nor the hour in which the son of man is coming. So he concludes that whole parable of the virgins with watch you need to be found watching because uh-huh. you don't know when he's going to come. You uh-huh. want to be living a life of preparedness. Mm-hmm. So it's so important. And we know have Matthew 24, 36, we're all familiar with. But of that day and hour, no one knows, but even, not even the angels of heaven, but my father only. And so this is another thing that dad and I talked about before. I said, dad, I want you, you know, we want to go ahead and incorporate. We're doing all this other stuff. Let's go ahead and incorporate this element in too. You go ahead and just tell me when it's time to go have the wedding, you know, because we had a three day yeah. wedding so camp out. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't, no one knew when the. Actual wedding was going to be. Yeah, when the wedding was going to happen. And so uh, another element was the trumpets. You know, we knew that uh, the scripture talked about the trumpet sounding before Yeshua comes. And so we wanted to include that in the whole picture of, you know, to alarm everyone, to alert everyone of the wedding. We're going to sound the trumpet Uh and everyone is going to start getting ready for the wedding. They had an hour notice. Is that correct? Uh Yeah, Yeah. the campground had an hour notice of before the bridegroom was going to come, before I was going to come in to get ready. Yeah. Yeah, so these were the things that we kind of prepped everyone for, you know, come for three days, we're not going to know the day or the hour, um, bring your oil lamps, uh, so this was, this was the wedding that they were, they knew that we hadn't, that we had gotten betrothed, that we hadn't uh, seen each other for two and a half months, and so um, this is what we prepared for, this is the, the wedding that we prepared for, and so, uh, so yeah, so now we'll talk a little more about the the details of things. Of yeah, what it I, w- I like. want to jump in and just read the scripture from Revelation nineteen six too, just talking about the significance of this. You know, we're getting wrapping up human history basically as far as this this world goes, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and entering into a new phase. You know, mm-hmm. as far as the kingdom coming to the earth, it says here, and I heard as it were the voice of a great multitude, as the sound of many waters, and as the sound of mighty thundering, saying, Hallelujah. For the Lord God omnipotent reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife has made herself ready. And to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright. For the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Then he said to me, Write, blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. So just we want in this podcast for there to be an excitement birth in all of us for this coming day. It's, mm-hmm. it's yet to come. Yep. And we want to be those that experience this blessing of being called to the mm-hmm. marriage supper of the Lamb. What a, yeah. an amazing invitation. Yeah. To yeah. be called to this, this marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this, okay, we'll see. Another little thing that we did too was, you know, this was an open invitation to anyone, which, uh, you know, we, see, we remember that pi- parable of the in- wedding invitation going out to all the highways and the byways. 
um, just inviting anyone uh, to come. And, uh, and so we invited people. And so, you know, word got out and the information started, you know, circulating that, uh, that we were having this crazy wedding and stuff. And so, uh, and so we had about 700 people show up uh, for this, um, for this wedding. Some of them we had never met. They just heard well, that actually, this is going to be an yeah. unusual wedding and well, let's go experience it. Yeah, <laughs> most of them actually. I mean, for me, especially, I yeah. knew very few people that came to my wedding, <laughs> but uh, but it was really fun. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's, it's always fun to hear how, you know, there were so many people that came that were like, what? Go to someone's wedding? I don't even know them. <laughs> and, but it just sounded so interesting that they came anyways. And so it was, it's always fun to he, kind of hear people's stories of how they made it to our wedding. Huh. Um, and so, yeah, so what this process looked like here. So this was n- by no means some easy uh, thing to decide. Uh, when Braden first got this exciting idea to not know the day or the hour, it came to me and I'm talking about it and I'm talking with my parents about it. And this was this was a hard decision to make. Uh, and, and, you know. You got family traveling out of state. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of factors involved. Inconveniences in- <laughs> for sure. You know, uh, yeah. Like asking people to, you know, I'm from Pennsylvania, uh, for people to come to a three day wedding would be five days, you know, travel down, travel back the three days in between. So I, you know, this was a, a part that was, that was really hard. It, it was actually quite, quite, there was quite a bit of tension, uh, when we were deciding what to do here. Um, and so it was, you know, it made it, it made it, it was, it was interesting and, and, you know, and even, uh, it, it's just hard, you know, for people to wrap their minds around this, the whole idea, especially people that didn't really see the biblical significance, uh, but they still had a relationship with us, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so well, we got a chance to see that parable kind of played out a little bit. Cause people, you know, you should have told that parable is about the wedding and then people have all these different excuses about why they can't come, yeah. you know? And so it's like, we got to see that a little bit. It's like, you know, it is kind of inconvenient. You know, you got, you got yeah. your farm going or whichever, you know, and then, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, not to say that, baseball game yeah <laughs> yeah there, there were some legitimate reasons why people couldn't come but yeah you know the, the inconvenience of it was it, it was like wow you know you can kind of actually see how yeah it would be really inconvenient to have to just take five days out of your schedule and right, you know, right. <laughs> so I've actually encouraged people uh since then to say hey you know what there's people that really love you that want to be at your wedding so just make it easy for them and just go ahead and set the time right. <laughs> right. I, yeah, that's I'm thankful good. we did it the way we did it you know it was it was fun but in hindsight, I'm like, you know, we, we should have made it a little easier yeah. for a family coming yeah. out of state to come to our wedding. It's not a good <laughs> relational uh, yeah. decision. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm so thankful because I actually did have quite a few family members that came out and made the trip and, and were there. You can still so incorporate was, the principles, you know, yes. the, blow the shofar and do all these things without having to, you know, let not anybody know within a three-day window. Right, know? right. <laughs> you can still incorporate some of those ideas. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so we had, uh, yes, we had this time. Uh, so, okay. So then they were say, so here we're going to talk about communication a little bit because, uh, brain and I are getting ready to, um, to come down. We actually didn't talk the last like three days, uh, before the wedding just cause we wanted to, you know, build up that much more suspense for the whole thing. And so, you know, it's, uh, you know, I think that the, the moral of this story here is that it's important to have communication with your bridegroom. Okay. And so, uh, this is, it's a very important aspect. So if you go back, you wish we would have talked those three days. Well, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not what I'm saying. Uh, uh, what I'm saying is, okay. So we had this conversation. Oh, we should have had more clear communication before. Well, before maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so no, yeah. So we had this conversation before now, Brain and I, you know, we've had two and a half months to get to know each other and we, you know, we're loving each other and stuff like that. And, but at this point, you know, 
we didn't have it all figured out how to communicate just, you know, perfectly, which, you know, we've got that all figured out now. We oh, just, yeah. Yeah. We don't have any communication mm, breakdowns. Nothing. <laughs> Never. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it holds up a sign. It's like joking. Okay, right. <laughs> right. Yeah. We, you can't see that sign on, on the other side of the line here. But yeah. right. We were actually yeah, just a couple minutes talking because it's really funny because we're doing this podcast all the time and we're looking at each other. But like it's, it, you know, we're not on video. You can't see this. But sometimes we make these really funny faces at each other. And like the trick <laughs> is to know do they like what I'm saying? Does, <laughs> is he not okay? Should I keep going? Should I stop? <laughs> so it's, it's kind of fun. But anyways. Um, it's a growing process for sure, the whole communication thing. But communication. We, it's, it was better now, better now than it was. Oh, first. yeah, for sure. Okay, so this was the communication. Last phone call, Braden calls before I head down to the campground. He says, so what do you think you're going to be doing before the sound of the shofar? You know, when you get there, like what do you see yourself doing when you're getting ready for things? And I was like, oh, I just probably I'll just be in my cabin, you know, just spending time with my family and praying and, you know, thinking about things. Well, I took that to mean that Brayden, she was going to be pretty that, much yeah. staying in the cabin the whole time. For Brayden, that was like, okay, she's committed to staying in the cabin. That's where she'll <laughs> be. Okay, good. We got that out of the way. For me, I'm just thinking, oh, I don't know. Maybe I'll be hanging out at the cabin. I don't know. And so, um, and so we go down and go down to the, the place. I'm in the cabin. And, uh, I'm there for the first day and nothing happens. And we go into the second day and I'm sitting here, I'm going, you know what? There's a bunch of my friends in the campground right now. I probably won't get to see them at all after the wedding. And I'm like, maybe I'll just go down and just say hi to them. Not thinking this is going to be a big deal at all. And so I go down to the, to the campground, which is in a separate little part. And I'm thinking these trumpets are going to go off no matter where I am, I'm thinking the guys are going to run and they're going to just sound off the trumpets. And so I'm not thinking. You I didn't realize you're going to have like an earlier sounding trumpet. I did not realize that I could possibly miss the trumpet. Okay. <laughs> and so, so I'm in the campground chatting with friends, meeting new people. We're strolling up and down. Well, in the meantime, Brandon's brothers have all got the word that the wedding's going to be happening soon. And so they all put on their wedding garments and they grab their shofars and they go running, you know, sneaking, they're hiding in their car. They get to the, to the cabin and they all crawl out and they go running, blowing the shofar up to the cabin door, knock, 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 knock. And they go, the bridegroom's coming. And no one comes to the door. It's the most humorous part of the whole it's betrothed the, uh, <laughs> DVD because like the, all this climax builds up. It's like, oh, dun, she's dun, not dun, even home. Dun. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah, I'm not even there. Okay, so then it's like, oh, okay. Uh, Brayden said she was going to be here. And so, <laughs> and so anyways, the film crew uh, is, is like, okay, how are we going to get her here? So the film crew, my who's now my my brother-in-law is calling my sister who he's now married to and he's calling her in the campground and uh and he's saying um is there any way how long are you guys going to be gone you're going to be coming by and so uh they angela's like why well, i don't i don't think i'm going to be able to get them you know this is my mom and me if you knew my mom and me you'd know how hard of a feat this would be to ask <laughs> angela to get us back to the cabin and so uh he's like well you really need to get her get them back here and she's like why and he's like the wedding is going to happen. You need to get them back here. And she's like, oh, um, okay, why don't we tell them that there's an interview that you need to do or something like that. And so she comes to us and she's like, uh, Tally, 
the film crew really needs an interview. One, you know, last interview before the wedding, they need to get this. We really need to get back. They're like, they're already at the cabin. They're waiting <laughs> for us. And so, uh, so we're like, oh, okay. And we mosey on back to the cabin and we sit down and the film crew comes and they start interviewing us. And then sure enough, right at the beginning of the interview, we hear the shofars outside and a big bang on the door and the bridegroom's coming. And so this was uh, the big moment. So yeah, interesting part of the story. Yeah. Another little interesting thing that happened along the way was over the years, I talked to my brothers about how neat it would be to actually ride in on a white horse for my wedding. Mm -hmm. But I've been busy working on the house. I got finally got to the campground we we're staying at, which actually happened to be a horse trail riding campground. It's a, this is a different campground because it was very important that we were not going. Yeah, to we're about see thirty minutes away from. Yeah, thirty minutes away from the campground where Tally was staying, that we we're going to have the wedding. And so, but Would I had you, mentioned. Do you want this. to tell the story about about getting in the importance of not seeing me? What you went. Oh, it was just a little bit of a drama <laughs> trying to, you know, could be on just, the same roads. And it's like I had to duck down in a little floorboard one time and, you know, yeah. try to keep Tally from seeing me. It was, we just had fun with that. Yeah, but. it was kind of funny. Like he, they were driving and they didn't have cell phones and they were like, oh, no, what if she comes? So he had to dr switch drivers, like someone else go drive and he go hides in the back seat. Anyways, it was kind of funny. <laughs> so we're at this horse campground and I wasn't really thinking about it, but my brothers were all staying there with me. My brothers and dad were there and they said, Braden, you, you've talked before about wanting to ride in on a horse. There's all these horses around. I wonder if we can get one of them to uh, let us borrow it. So I was like, okay, whatever. You know, if, if you can find somebody, that's fine. <laughs> so they go around looking and they asked about seven people. They're very tenacious guys. But they asked <laughs> about seven people before they came to this one couple that had a white horse actually. And they said, yes, we'll actually be traveling right by the campground that you're planning to do the wedding. We'll just stop, pull over in, the, in a parking lot and uh, you can get her out and ride in and then we'll just load her back up. <laughs> and I was kind of blown away. It's like, wow, this is really, because they were going to be going right about the time we needed the horse. And so we ended up doing this. And so uh, totally surprised to me even. I mean, yeah. the day before you asked me, I was like, I don't think that I'm going to be able to ride it in a horse. But <laughs> <laughs> so my brothers pulled this off yeah. and uh, ended up riding in a horse and totally surprised Tally yeah. and the family. Yeah. So for, so yeah, for me, I hear the sound of the, the trumpets and stuff. And, and, you know, another little funny part is the, the campground staff is kind of getting into this whole thing because we've taken up like the whole campground, the whole place. And, uh, and so after, you know, we hear the sound of the shofars, I get, um, I, we're, we all start getting ready and, and I have some friends that are coming over to do my hair and anoint me with, with, uh, some essential oils and stuff. And uh, I get this phone call and I pick it up and it's the receptionist and she says, well, hello there. I just wanted to let you know that the shofar has sounded and the bridegroom is coming. And so <laughs> not knowing was, she was talking to the bride, not knowing that she was talking <laughs> yeah. to me. Yeah. She was just alerting everyone in the hotel and in the cabin that the wedding was happening and so right. that no one missed it and so it was just kind of fun to you know see how much they got into it it was pretty exciting for them I think yeah and so um so yeah so I get ready my friend anoints me with like just lavishes me with with these oils which you know I, I'd encourage every bride to to do something like that for it's you know it's it's really fun when you have a smell that connects you back to a, a day uh that's just that you want to really keep in your memory and so, uh, so anyways, it, it, they, she was anointing me with this myrrh and, and frankincense and, and so I got all ready and we went on over to where Braden was going to be showing up. He's showing up at this, uh, in the campground in this area that was specified. 
So we get there and we're singing and we're praying and we're, you know, just looking and waiting over the horizon, you know, looking, looking for, for when Brayden's going to come. And then sure enough, we see this galloping horse, which we had no idea, no one expected. And so everyone was just gasping like, oh my goodness, he's coming in on a horse. I just want to jump in there, interject yeah. the verse here in Revelation nineteen eleven. It says, now I saw heaven opened and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness, he judges and makes war. Mm-hmm. So when our bridegroom comes, he's coming in a white horse. He knows how to make the wedding dramatic. He knows how to make it exciting. Right. right. This is incredible. It's going to be an amazing day. Yeah. When we, when we see that. Yes. When we see the heavens split open and see our bridegroom coming. Yes. Yeah. 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 So this was this was an exciting moment uh, to see Brayden for the first time uh, in after two and a half months of. Yeah. And our relationship had built far yeah. beyond what it was at the initial betrothal. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. We knew we loved each other then. Oh no. You know, this is, but this was far deeper, and I, and yeah. I anticipate the same with our heavenly bridegroom. You know, yeah. we we commit to him, we mm. are saved, but then there's that journey with him, and our love will continue to grow. Yeah. Yeah. As we continue to say yes to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know, it, seeing Brayden for the first time, like you said, just uh, so huge, just such a an amazing moment, and you know, he gets off the horse and. And we uh, took some very um, intense strides towards one another and embraced for the first time. And uh, it was it was very uh, it was a very uh, moving moment. And and we've been to several, you know, betrothal wedding um, uh, uh, weddings like this. And and it's been it's always an emotional time to see that to see that moment of um uh, there's just there's, there's something th- deep in your spirit that connects. Yeah, it's like wow, that's that's coming, but in a far more yeah intense way. Well, and yeah, it just feels so different when it's like there's two people they're they they have been set like their eyes forward set on this goal we're getting to the wedding the preparation that's involved in that the um the the battle the choices that they've made to get to this point it's not it's not some small thing it's uh it's not an easy thing uh when when you are just continually submitting yourself to to God and his ways and waiting for his timing and his plan to unfold in your life there's that's not the easy road and so when you look and you see these two people that have done it they've walked they've run the race they've walked the walk they've made the decisions to get them to this place they've they've had their you know they've they've their had face set like flint fe- <laughs> yeah their face set like, set like flint um to get to this moment and then to see the moment of fulfillment there is always just so uh such an emotional thing and that's where uh we get to really just touch uh, just a little glimmer of what uh, what this wedding is going to be like. And when I think the power of it too is that it's all motivated by love. Yeah. It's, they kept themselves pure. They mm-hmm. kept themselves from the world because they loved each other. Right. And I believe that's the most powerful motivation that we can have in this life to keep ourselves, you know, to keep ourselves unspotted from the world. We yeah. have vision for the wedding to come, that mm-hmm. marriage supper of the lamb. We can have vision for loving God with all of our hearts. Then it's so easy to say no to the world. Yeah. But when our hearts die, when we when we get disconnected, we dry up and love. Our first love. Then yeah. everything just becomes mechanical, and it becomes just this set list. But may God grant us to grow in love, as yeah. as Philippians says, that your love may abound still more and more. Yeah. And so may God grant us that to grow in love. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's, you know, uh, this is uh, just a picture, you know, the, there is great reward. There's always a uh, reward. The, the journey is not easy. You know, it's the wilderness was not easy uh, for the, the, the people of Israel. They, you know, it, it was trials. It was days of just feeling, walking in circles, literally, um, just feeling like, are we getting anywhere? This process is so long. When is it going to end? Um, and, but the reward is so great and we, you know, I'm so thankful that God has allowed us to just see a little glimmer, uh, by, by going to, you know, these weddings and seeing, um, just a little piece, uh, to keep us motivated, to keep us going, to keep us going to, towards the goal, because the, the reward is always worth it. It's always worth it. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, yeah, so may you all, uh, continue to, to go forward, to press on, um, towards the you know to, to press on for the prize uh and uh, just be encouraged in your walk uh so yep blessings until next week this is Braden and tally reminding you to listen to the voice of your beloved bridegroom he is coming quickly 